Sita Devi, Janak Maharaj had made the condition uh, that only the one who would be able to string the bow could marry Sita Because Janak could understand, Maharaj Janak could understand that Sita Devi was the goddess of fortune. So who can ever win the hands of the goddess of fortune? the Lord Himself. So how to check it out? <laughs> so anyone would be able to string the bow of Lord Shiva. So he has to be either Lord Shiva or more powerful than Lord Shiva. And Lord Ramchandra had proven that. He not only strung the bow, he broke the bow. And as a result of that, Lord's incarnation, Parshuram, became upset. When you dared to insult Lord Shiva like that, you broke the bow. Let me see how powerful you are. String my bow. And when Lord took the bow, he took the strength also that he invested in Parshuram from you. So in the pretext of taking the bow, he took away the power that he invested in Parashuram as an empowered incarnation. Therefore, one should be very careful 
not to challenge the Supreme Personality of Godhead under any circumstances. <clears throat> Even though one may become empowered by the Lord Himself, one should always remain grateful and submissive to the Lord. So, <clears throat> Kamsa made this arrangement and it's a big offer. Just by stringing a bow, one could get the half the kingdom of Kamsa. Kamsa was actually practically ruling the whole earth at that time. And although he was the king of Mathura, anyway, Mathura was one of the most opulent cities. And so, many kings came with that, with the hope of winning half the kingdom. And so that ceremony was arranged, which is called Dhanur Jagya. The Dhanu means a bow and Jagya means a sacrifice. A sacrifice for about the bow. And he sent Akrura, who is actually Krishna's uncle. They're all family members. Kamsa was also Krishna's uncle. And so he sent Akura with his own chariot to bring Krishna. What was the thing? What was the idea? The big Dhanujapu is taking place, so you all please come. And Nanda Maharaj got the news and that the king has invited him. So he called all his men and said, whatever milk products we have, just bring whatever <coughs> grains, whatever opulent things we have, we must offer it to the king. So they all made arrangements. Akrura came in the evening and before he arrived in Vrindavan, he offered obeisances to the land of Vrindavan as the holiest of all places. And then he saw Krishna's footprints there. So he offered obeisance to those footprints and he rolled on the ground as if uh, the perfection of life was to get the touch of the dust of Vrindavan. And then he saw Krishna and Balaram. Krishna and Balaram also saw him coming in the chariot. So they offered obeisances. Akhara also fell flat on the ground, offering obeisances to Krishna and Balaram. So he started to offer his prayers to Krishna Balaram because Akhara knew who is Krishna Balaram. So it glorified him, glorified them as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And then they arrived in the house of Nanda Nanda Maharaj was extremely delighted to receive Akrura. Oh, he came as the king's messenger. We are so fortunate. And then they fed Akrura and then they sat together. Krishna and Balaram asked, How is everyone in Vrindavan? How is everyone in Mathura? How are scrums are doing? And Akrura gave detailed descriptions of how. Kamsa is, has imprisoned his father and he is giving uh, distresses to all the residents 
those who are not in, not submiss, those who are not submitting themselves to Kamsa, Kamsa will create animosity and troubling them. Many times Kamsa even tried to kill his father. And he also disclosed that this invitation is actually an arrangement to kill Krishna and Balaram. So he was preparing. So hearing that Krishna and Balaram just laughed. Oh, they want to kill me. And <clears throat> so in this way, talking about the activities of Kamsa and the situation of the of their relatives, they spent <coughs> Long time. In the meantime, the gopis got the news that this Akrura has come. Krura means cruel. And Akrura means one who is not cruel. So they said, look, the destiny has come in the form of this Akrura, who is cruel personified. <laughs> by, by his name is Akrura, not cruel, but he's actually cruelty personified. So, <clears throat> and they were feeling in that way because they were thinking that they could not <coughs> tolerate the separation from Krishna even for the wink of an eye. The eye, when the eyes blink for the half of a moment that it takes, that wink of an eye, that, that inability to see Krishna, they could tolerate that separation from Krishna. They, in, they, uh, uh, chastised or criticized Lord Brahma. What can the body have created with eyes that blinks? And due to that you cannot see Krishna for that time. So that is how uh, intensely they were in love with Krishna. And now the time has come that Krishna is going to go away. That means who knows for how many days they won't be able to see Krishna. And they are also in anxiety that we are ordinary village girls and Krishna will go to Mathura and all these city girls who are so sophisticated, Krishna will be enchanted by them and so probably Krishna will forget us. Probably. Krishna would forget us. So this was their anxiety and the whole night they could sleep. And when the morning came, they all after, after taking a bath and doing his morning rituals, he was ready to take Krishna and Balaram. So the gopis said, well, whatever happens, we are not going to let him. Whatever our family members think, to help with it. <laughs> we are just going to uh, make it clear that we are in 
we are in love with Krishna. Doesn't matter what others think about him. And they tried to stop Krishna's chariot. Some were pulling the chariot. Some were pulling the horses. Some were appealing to Krishna. Some even fainted. Some were about to just go under the wheel of the chariot in order to stop the chariot. So Krishna told them that, please don't worry. The king has invited us, so we have to accept his invitation. So we don't worry, we'll come, I'll come back. So in this way, Krishna tried to console them. But the gopis couldn't listen. They started to cry. Some of them fainted, and with tears in their eyes, they kept on looking at the chariot uh, until it disappeared from their sight. And all the cowherd people also, with their <coughs> with their loads of milk products and various other gifts loaded in the cart, they were going, following the chariot. When it came to the bank of Jamuna, at the, at the border of Mathura and Vrindavan, Akrura, Krishna and Balaram got out of the chariot and took the water from Jamuna, sipped the water, chanting mantra. Then they went and sat on the chariot and Akrura took the permission and asked if he could go to the bath. So Akrura, Krishna Bhagavan said, yeah, please feel free to take your bath. So Akrura then came to the river to take a bath, which is customary. When one goes to a holy river like that, one should take his bath. So, <clears throat> Akrura took his, while he was taking his bath, all of a sudden he saw Krishna and Balaram in the river. <coughs> so he thought, Krishna and Balaram are sitting in the chariot. How come he's here, they're here? Is it that they have come to take bath also? So thinking that, Akrura went back. And so Krishna and Balaram were sitting on the chariot. So he came back to the river and this time he saw Anantashesha with his thousands of mouth. And all the saintly personalities are offering prayers to him. His and Krishna Narayan is lying on his lap. So that sight made, reconfirmed Akrura's understanding that Krishna and Balaram are actually Vishnu and Anandashesha. So after that sight, Akrura came out and Krishna said, Akrura, it looks like you saw something wonderful. <laughs> and Akrura said, yes, 
All the wonders are resting in you. So when we see you, that is the most wonderful sight. Then Arthura drove the chariot and came to it came to Mathura. Nanda Maharaj and other coward people already arrived in Mathura. So at that point the question actually arises, how come Krishna was riding in a chariot driven by horses and they were driving the bullock carts. So how could they arrive earlier? The answer is while Akrara took in Bath, that delayed Krishna's departure. So that's why they came before. So Akrara told Krishna and Balaram, please come to my house. And at least I'll have your, the footprints of your lotus feet in my house. And I would have the opportunity to bathe your lotus feet. So Krishna said, no, I came here to fulfill my mission. So to fulfill that mission. So when I fulfill that mission, then I'll come. So then he went and Akrura went to Kamsan and reported that he brought Krishna and Balaram. And then after reporting, he went back to the house. So <clears throat> Krishna and Balaram then had some, had a bath, took some milk and chipped rice and decided to go to see the city of Mathura. At that point, Sukhdev Goswami is giving a beautiful description of the city of Mathura. Like the description uh, 5,000 years ago uh, defeats the opulence of any city of this world today. There were straight roads, white straight roads. <coughs> And the junctions had the circle. And all those circles were not only decorated with flower garlands, but it was they were decorated also with gold. All the railings were made of gold and ornamented with beautiful lampposts. By the side of those roads, they were beautiful mansions with private gardens. And this descriptions of those palaces beyond anyone's imagination. So when Krishna and Balaram were walking, the residents of Mathura uh, just stood there by the side of the road awestruck by Krishna's beauty. The brahmanas started to offer prayers and throwing grains to his name and flowers. The ladies came running and they heard that Krishna and Balaram is there in Mathura. They came running to see them. Standing on the balcony and standing on the rooftops, they started to watch the beauty. 
and in a hurry, they're in excitement. They forgot what they were, they, they dropped everything. Some uh, ladies had one eye decorated <laughs> and forgot to decorate the other eye. In a hurry, uh, some put the necklace on the ankle <laughs> and the ankle bells on the neck. <laughs> some even put their, the dress the other way around. <laughs> and so this is how uh, they all came. And some even, uh, they were feeding, breastfeeding their babies. They, Put the <laughs> so that way we can actually get an understanding that how one can fall in love with Krishna just by hearing about it. Like it is not that often huh, people think that, oh, how can I appreciate Krishna without seeing? Huh? But Time and time again we are seeing here that how these individuals, if they were special devotees, they fell in love with Krishna just by hearing it. Especially Rukmini, I'll come to that when it comes to that, that chapter. So this is how the ladies of Mathura saw Krishna. And Krishna and Balaram surrounded by their covered boyfriends, they were just majestically walking through the, through the royal road. Then Krishna saw one washerman, which uh, is not a washerman, a few washermen carrying their, their loads, their dresses after washing and dyeing them to come. So Krishna asked the washerman, can you please select two pairs of best dresses and give them to me and my brother? So we have been invited, we are covered people, but we have been specially invited by the king. So in order to meet the king, we should be properly dressed. So can you please give us some? And the washerman was very offensive. He said, you village boys, you roam in the mountains and pastoring grounds and you dare to wear the clothes of the king. If the king even gets to hear that, then he'll probably kill you and confiscate all your properties. And this way he kept on chastising Krishna. So hearing that Krishna just swung his hand and that also is left hand. That also the tip of his palm. And that washerman's head fell out of his body. As if a sharpest showed in no time just cut his head off. Seeing that all the other washermen just fled from there, <laughs> dumping their, their clothes. <coughs> So Krishna and Balaram selected some clothes befitting their bed and then distributed uh, all the other clothes to the other cowherd boys 
and scattered the rest of it on the ground, and then they walked away. A weaver saw Krishna and Balaramut, and he felt such attraction for this boys that <clears throat> he decorated their attires with the finest cloth jewelries. And then Krishna blessed him that because of your deed, I bless you that after your after you leave this body, you'll be elevated to the spiritual sky and you'll have your eternal life there. And even when you are in this planet, in this body, you'll have the long duration of life with full of health and vigor, and you'll have the opulence, uh, enviable even by a king. So this is the advantage of serving Krishna. Little service to Krishna can, can turn into such an amazing result. Then <clears throat> there was a flower man, garland maker, called Sudama. So when he saw Krishna and Balaram, he started to offer his prayers to them. And then uh, he <coughs> got the finest garlands made of flowers and offered them to Krishna and Balaram. So then Krishna and Balaram saw one hunchback woman, a hunchback lady with a beautiful face. And Krishna said, what are you carrying, my lady, my beautiful lady? So she said that I'm carrying the sandalwood paste ointment to decorate the So Krishna said, will you please decorate us also? <laughs> and <clears throat> so she gave the paste to Krishna and Balaram. And seeing that she was a hunchback, so Krishna put his toes on top of her toes and with his two forefingers he placed his two forefingers under her chin and then pulled it. And as a result of that, not only her body became straight, but she assumed the form, most beautiful form, and becoming lusty so she actually caught hold of Krishna's, end of Krishna's cloth and said, please come to my house. <laughs> so Krishna felt a little embarrassed because his elder brother Balaram was there. <laughs> so he looked at Balaram and then he looked at the other kind boys and then Krishna said, well, some other time I'll come to your house. Then Krishna asked some local people, can you tell me where the, the Dhanur Jagya, the bow sacrifice is going to take place? 
So they gave the direction <coughs> and so Krishna and Balaram Krishna went there. The guards there tried to stop. No, 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 don't come now. The preparation is going on. Uh, come tomorrow. Tomorrow will be the, uh, the sacrifice here. Not now. It's not ready. No, no one is allowed to go. Mm-hmm. Krishna couldn't pay any heed to them. So he just kept on walking. So with these people behind him shouting. So then Krishna came, picked up that bow with his left hand. Then he strung the bow and as he pulled, it broke into two pieces. And it created such a noise as if the whole world seemed to be trembling with that terrible sound. Kamsa heard the sound and he wondered, what's happened? What is that noise? What is that roaring, thundering sound? And he was told that this cowherd boy has come and broke the bow. So in one hand, Kamsa was extremely afraid and he started to shout. Then let the army go and kill them. So immediately a contingent for a regiment of army charged towards the place. And in the meantime the guards already attacked Krishna and Balaram. So Krishna took one half of the bow and Balaram took the other half of the bow and wiped them out. In the meantime, the whole army came and Krishna wiped them out with just with this broken bow, using it as a stick. Whereas they all equipped with the most sophisticated weapons. So after that, <clears throat> Krishna and Balaram, surrounded by his friends, dancing in joy, <laughs> went back to them, to the uh, garden outside the city. They covered people, so they had their animals with them. So they were not, they didn't enter into the, the rest of them didn't enter into the city. They were the outskirts of the city. So they went back. And after a while, Krishna and Balaram had the soundest sleep. The two persons couldn't sleep that night. One was Kamsa. When he heard that, that Krishna broke that bow, he became very, very afraid. And he just couldn't sleep. And whenever he dozed off to sleep, he was having the worst nightmares. And the other person who couldn't sleep was Nanda Maharaj because he knew that Kamsa has the intention of killing and now he is in his territory. And who knew what they may do? So they placed the bullock cards in a half circle, semi-circle, to kind of 
get the protection from the front. Anyway, so these are the two persons who couldn't sleep that night. Then the next morning, Kamsa got up and he made all the arrangements for the wrestling. And Krishna and Balaram also got up. They sound the, they heard the sound of the cattle drum, announcing the festival is starting. So they got ready, went there. <coughs> when they came into the palace gate, they saw a huge elephant. The elephant was Kubalaya. This one elephant actually had the strength of 10,000 ordinary elephants. As it is, elephants are powerful, and this was an extremely powerful elephant. The Kamsar posted that elephant in order to kill Krishna and entered. So the elephant was guarding the gate. So Krishna told her, elephant driver, please move out of the way. If you don't, then I'm going to kill you with your elephant. So hearing that, this elephant driver, Mahut, became very upset. So he goaded that elephant to charge. So the elephant came and with the trunk just wrapped Krishna. Krishna very easily freed himself and he just went underneath the elephant's body between his legs. <coughs> the elephant started to look for Krishna and find him. Then following his smell found him. So then he charged Krishna. Again, tried to, you know, what the elephants try to do usually. Wrap the thing with the trunk and then smash on the ground. But as it wrapped, Krishna just slipped out of his trunk and went back at the uh, at back of the elephant and held on to its toe and started to pull it. And it pulled quite a distance. The elephant became even more angry. So <clears throat> now the elephant charged and Krishna was just uh, dodging those charges. At one point Krishna just fell flat on the ground and the elephant uh, thought that now Krishna has fallen. So he tried to gore Krishna with the trunk, with his, uh, with his tusk. <clears throat> so Krishna just uh, moved aside and the elephant just plunged him, that struck the ground, became even more angry. In this way, Krishna just made the, played with the elephant, making it more and more angry. Then finally, Krishna got hold of the tusk of the elephant and twisted it, and the elephant fell. And then Krishna jumped onto the body of the elephant, pulled the tusk out, and with the tusk, Krishna beat the elephant and along with the elephant driver. And then with one tusk as a trophy, Krishna carried, and other tusk Balaram carried. 
and their bodies were already decorated with sandalwood dots. And now, with the red blood uh, dots, uh, they looked even more beautiful, as if decorated with red sandalwood and white sandalwood vest. So this is how Krishna and Balaram entered into the arena. And just seeing them, different people felt differently. The wrestlers, Chanur and Mushtik and his three other brothers, Kuta, Shal and Toshal, they were ready to fight with Krishna. Mainly Chanur and Mushtik were because they were the best of the wrestlers that comes ahead. And they're like giants. It has been described, Mallana, Ashwini. The wrestlers saw Krishna and Balaram like lightning. Ashwini. The residents of Mathura saw him as the best of the man. The ladies saw him as Cupid personified, as Cupid himself. The cowherd boys saw him as their relative. The elderly saw them as their child. And the wicked king saw him as the greatest of punishers. So in this way, when Krishna arrived in the arena, Different individuals saw him in a different way, according to their mood and relationship. And <clears throat> at that time, Chanur challenged Krishna, saying that, see, for a citizen's main objective is to please the king. By pleasing the king, one achieves the greatest benediction. So it's very nice that you are going to you are here to give pleasure to the king through your wrestling ability. We heard that you all are very expert wrestlers. While in the pasturing ground you tend the cows, the cowherd boys wrestle with each other. So display your wrestling ability today for the pleasure of So Krishna said, yes, but wrestling takes place between equals. Now what kind of equality? <laughs> and mind you, unfair arrangement is the worst kind of sinful activity. People also have started to shout, what's happening, what's happening, what kind of a wrestling arrangement? Just to Little boys and these giants, how is it going to? So then <coughs> Chanur said that, well, you may look like little boys, but you are not just ordinary boys. Yesterday you broke the bow, and today you killed Kovalayapira, that had the strength of 10,000 elephants. So playfully you have done this thing. 
So although you look like boys, little boys, but you are not real. So in this way we can see even the demons also glorify the Supreme Personality of God. So then Chanura Mushtik, Krishna yeah, fought with Chanura, Balaram fought with Mushtika. And terrible fight actually ensued. They were fighting. Now the thing is, when they were striking Krishna, there, although these powerful strikes to Krishna appeared to be like some throwing of some rose petals. <laughs> Whereas when Krishna struck, Chanura thought, Chanura felt as if thousand thunderbolts were falling at the same time on him. And in this way, fought for a long time. Krishna with Chanur, Balaram with Mushtik. And then, <clears throat> finally Krishna picked up Chanura and swung him overhead and threw him on the ground, smashed him on the ground. Chanura was dead. And Balaram struck Mushtika so hard on his chest that he started to vomit blood and fell on the ground. Seeing that his other brother, Kuta, attacked Krishna and Shal attacked Balaram. They also were killed. Then the fifth brother, Tosha, was killed by Krishna. And then Krishna called all his cowherd boys onto the arena and they started to dance. <laughs> Seeing that everybody was so happy that these little boys killed this, defeated this, wrestlers and killed them. So they started to rejoice also. The only person who could tolerate that was Kamsa. He just stood up and stopped the music and shouted. Drive these people out of here. Confiscate their property. And kill my father Ugrashim. And kill Vasudev because they are supporting him. So at that time Krishna just jumped onto the dais, high dais where Kamsa was sitting, surrounded by his associates. So he jumped up on there and his and in the meantime, Kamsa actually pulled out his sword. But Krishna, avoiding the sword, just struck him so hard on his head that his crown went flying. So Krishna then grabbed him by his hair and dragged him and threw him out of the dais onto the arena, resting him. Then he jumped onto Kamsa from that dais, just as a lion jumps onto the body of an elephant. And there he just hitting Kamsa with his bare hands, killed him. And then he started to drag Kamsa around in that arena, holding onto his hair, showing everybody what had happened to him. So this is how Krishna killed Kamsa, 
the worst of the demons. And then Krishna released his father and mother who were arrested in the prison. Ugra saying he released his grandfather Kamsa's father and Karun and established him in the throne. And this is how this chapter of killing of Kamsa was beautifully ended. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Go, Krishna. Go, Krishna. Go, Krishna. Go, Krishna. Go, Krishna. Go, Krishna.